1: All that and all that gold. Oh, you've been born and
0: so Welcome to the new and improved Habs Unfiltered with less filter hosted by Blaine Podway, Matt Smith and Treg Toxic Wilson. We provide you, our listeners, informative, honest discussion and entertainment about the Montreal Canadiens hockey and sometimes bad life advice. Stick around. We will be right back with a jam-packed and entertaining episode.
1: And
2: welcome back to another edition of uh, Habs Unfiltered. Um Treg Wilson, I'm kind of hosting this this week. Uh Blaine Potvin is in uh quarantine in uh hotel being ready to deploy with the Canadian
3: Navy. And but I am joined by our Air Force buddy, uh Matt Smith. Good evening, Treg. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Back to work in the morning and uh you never know I might be joining Treg in the near future.
2: Dean Blaine.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you might you I'm never not know, going you might go into- too. You you might go too. I
2: might I could. Yes, yes. And uh, that's possible. My uh where I'm at now, the fleet dive unit, we're uh we're going to be the guys that'll probably have to go to New Brunswick when it starts flooding or something like that. So well, there you go. So we might yeah.
3: all run into each other at some point.
2: We could. We could. Yeah. So uh how's your uh life with COVID-19 your quarantine? I see, now you must be an essential worker for uh there in Trenton there at the base so because you're working every day.
3: Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're still seen as essential just without uh, the support we're used to having. Uh, you know, aircraft still need to get fixed. They still need to uh, meet missions around uh, Canada and around the world. So uh, we're working our asses off and making sure that we have serviceable assets to uh, serve Canada. Yeah,
2: uh, I am working from home. So, uh, you know, I'm working really hard. and Very much uh, so. Long, long days go into the evening. Of video games and movies, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, but joking aside, uh, everyone, in order to get rid of this uh, or, or flatten this curve, stay home, stay safe, don't intermingle, only go out and get what you have to go. Go out and get. I think they're suggesting one person from each household once a week to go out and get groceries or whatever you need. Uh, keep it to a minimum. I know around here, every day the grocery store seems. Uh, Stay home, beaches, quit going to the parks on a a nice day. Stay home, be safe, and let's get rid of this thing as soon as possible instead of having to drag on for months on end. Having said all that, let's move on. So I'm willing to guess, I don't know if you agree there, Matt, but the season is pretty much over, in my opinion.
3: I I would say so. We're seeing a lot of these major cities uh, starting to come out and say all public gatherings, including sporting events, uh, concerts, et cetera, are all going to be canceled um, into May, into June, et cetera. And we know that uh, the NHL has called on the teams and the owners and the owners of the buildings and all that to start booking dates or at least blocking off dates um, into the fall. But the more and more we see this death toll rising and the amount of cases that are, um, that are just that are blowing up uh, all across the world it's it's seeming more more than likely that the season's going to come to an end you just look at for instance like we're a canadians-based show you look at the province of quebec who as of today or we're we're the uh with the third of april today they're bringing in the military um they're the first province to do so and you look at the last say 10 days in quebec And you've had confirmed cases of roughly 250, 300 people, and that spiked into 4,000 plus within a week. So the only way to flatten this curve is to distance yourself from others. And as much as I'd love to see the Canadians back at the Bell Center or hockey in general return, for for right now it's the best thing to everyone stay at home, everyone stay safe. And uh, once this goes away or we find a cure or whatever the hell happens, you know, well, uh, hockey's not going to go away. It's just going to be delayed for, you know, the the time being.
2: Yes. I, uh, yeah. If, I mean, I think the NHL wants to have a Stanley Cup and they've even talked of having it in July, but I personally think we were just better off Calling it a season and, and hoping we get the next season off on the uh, at the right time.
3: I agree, and, and put- just stick with the dates that you have for the draft and the NHL awards and all this kind of stuff. And you know, you don't need to you don't need to change the date of the draft, in my opinion, right now, because um, I can't see it happening with people anyway. It's probably going to be a some sort of social media thing that they're going to do. It's it's not gonna, you know, you're not gonna see twenty thousand fans at the uh, at the Bell Center watching near get picked number one. Like it's uh, we already know that's not gonna happen. Yes,
2: yeah, it, I I think it's just gonna be a teleconference. Hey, our first pick is this. Our yeah, next it's it's, it's certainly not going to be yeah.
3: as exciting as what it would normally be, but it's still something we can look forward to as the draft this year is pretty uh, is pretty stacked, especially in the top ten. And that's where the Canadians are likely gonna be picking, yeah, so yeah, uh, you know, and you never know you know, they might where when we find out what the lottery is actually gonna be, they might even have the first overall pick it could be, but this is a good segue into our first segment
2: on how what do you think Berge van's uh, gonna do this summer to improve the team, and uh who do you think stays who's gonna go who let's uh we'll we'll have a discussion on. How we think uh, Bergevin's summer is going to be? Because I think it's going to have to be a pretty big one, or uh, we're going to be in for another year of, of uh, maybe playoff team. So, uh, what do you think, Matt?
3: Well, the guys that right now that are that are restricted free agents, uh, we're looking at uh, Domi, Charles Hudon, uh, Xavier Ouellette, Mate, those kind of players. Um guys like Jake Evans, etc. I can see most of them coming back, except for Houdon. I don't know if he's gonna come back, especially if he is pushed back to Laval. Because we've seen that he can we've seen that he can really bring it in the AHL, but he just doesn't have it when he comes to the NHL, other than that one season that he had that I think he put up 25-30 points. Other than that, I can't see him coming back. Same thing as a guy like uh, Christian Folin, uh Dale Weiss, uh, Keith Kincaid. Just did not work out with the Canadians. He's not going to be back. And uh, you, you know, you we're going to get into Laval later on. But um, you've got Vedamo, Lucchini, um, you've got uh, Blandisi, guys that were brought in. Uh, oh, um, Noah Juleson also an RFA. No, wait a minute. He's not an RFA.
2: No, he is. No, he's not. No, he is. This is his last season. He's an RFA okay. for the twenty twenty one season. Okay. Yeah. And Michael McNevin. Okay. Yeah. So who, but, I, can uh, see, who I can see coming back. I, I personally, I just see the only ones I see them really put any any thought into really bringing him back are Domi and Mete. I um, think.
3: I think so. I, everyone I, I, else is kind of
2: they they're kind of
3: they're kind of bubble guys right now yeah but um you know Xavier willette's been the captain in Laval I can see them maybe bringing him back for to have a you know the guy's only twenty six years old but he's a you know a veteran presence in Laval so I can see them maybe bringing him back but you know the 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 main the main pieces right here are max Domi and and uh, mete when it comes to what I believe he's going to do this summer. I think that priority number one is going to be replace Kincaid. I don't think Charlie Lindgren's going to cut it and be able to step in and be a 25 to 30 game uh, backup for Carey Price. So I'd be looking at uh, free agents when it comes to goaltending. There's not a lot. Well, there there is a lot out there. However, are they going to leave their teams and go to the Canadians? Or are they going to try to look for a starter's job? Somebody like, um, for instance, um, uh, Robin Leonard. You know, this is a guy that could probably be a starter on some teams. UFA, uh, same thing as uh, somebody like uh, Thomas Grice. Um. I don't think Halak's going to leave Boston, and I don't think Hudobin's going to leave Dallas. And these I, are the uh, these, right, and these are the big ones.
2: My my eyes on uh, Craig Anderson from Ottawa.
3: I think That's, uh... it's a possibility. I just I don't think like with the with the history he has there, and you know, yes, he's an aging goalie, he's thirty nine. I just think with the history he has in Ottawa and the fact that Ottawa is already hurting for goaltending, I can't I. I, I can see him coming back for at least a year and then maybe hanging up the skates.
2: Yeah, because he's, what, 38 or something, I think? He's 39, 39. 39, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, Jimmy Howard's another guy, Corey Crawford. Uh, you know, hope he's not coming, but uh, um, there's a lot of high-end goaltenders available out there. There um, is. If they were to
3: sign uh, Jimmy Howard, he'd have to do a hell of a lot better than he did this year. That's for sure. We oh, had wow. two, win- two wins this
2: year. <laughs> he was on a terrible team too. But that's true. That's you're, true. You're absolutely right, Jimmy Howard. I mean, we have. Let me see. Uh, Jacob Markstrom's another guy that you can look at coming over. He's, he's only thirty years old. He played well with Van. He had twenty three wins and two seventy five goals, nine eighteen save percentage with uh, Vancouver. Um, yeah. Restricted free so agent, uh, though. Yeah. Uh, no, he's a UFA. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, he's a UFA. Uh, I'm, just, I'm looking at the list now. So okay. Uh, Mike Smith, if you want to bring in a veteran guy who can still bring in the NHL, uh, Louis Domingue could be an option.
3: Could be, but they did have the opportunity to get him in free agency and they didn't jump yeah. on him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, but I look at Louis Domingue as a Keith Kincaid type guy as well. That's true. Is, is he going to be that guy or is he going to be that other guy?
3: You know. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I, I I agree with you. I think Caboden or Halak would be our, our best options because they're used to playing the backup role and yep. they play it well. However, I don't think they're leaving where they're at. Uh, Cam Talbot's another guy who's available. Yeah. Um, I mean, per. If you if if you bring in a guy like Leonard or Crawford or Anderson, you're looking at a one A and a one B type goaltending tandem with uh, Carey Price. So uh, the way I look at it is, what you're looking at is one Carey Price is going to play forty to fifty games, and, and the other guy is going to play thirty to forty games. Sure. Uh, and I think that's what you need with uh, with Carey just to take some of the load off them. Um, you got to look too. Uh, Montreal has 14 draft picks this year coming up and uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9 10 next year. So they have 24 picks in the next two seasons. Uh, I can see them at the draft either trying to move up, like I'm kind of changing gears here. Uh, tr- maybe trying to move up in the draft to get another first round pick or throwing that in there. Because if you really look at them, they still need left-handed D. Yes, they do. I still believe they need a power forward.
3: For I think they. I six. think they. I think they do as well. And a guy that could fit the mold in that, depending obviously on the cost, would be somebody like um, a Wayne Simmons.
2: Yeah.
3: Or me, or if he's healthy, uh, a Josh Anderson, but he's got a shoulder injury right now, so. We'll see what happens there. I
2: think Josh Anderson would be perfect in
3: Montreal, but... And coming off gonna, a bad year. Coming off a bad year, he might be a little bit cheaper than others.
2: Eh, he's coming off a bad year with an injury, though, so... That's right. It was his bad year. Because he was hurt, it was his bad year because he's, he's going down. Um, Sam yeah. Gagne's has been name's been brought up about coming to Montreal, but I don't see him being a top-six guy anywhere. No. So,
3: no.
2: Uh, Taylor Hall's available, but I don't see him going, going to Montreal.
3: Well, it's going to be like last year, and... Um...
2: Of uh, really, this summer, Bertrand got he got to swing for the fences.
3: He he, he probably has... he's probably going to try. But all these big names, fans are going to say, you know, they should go after Petroangelo, or they should go after Taylor Hall, or they should go after, you know, uh, Matthew Barzell and try to um, offer sheet him or Mike Hoffman. I would not want Mike. personally. I wouldn't want Mike Hoffman, especially with all the shit that went on with Eric Carlson. I would not want him in the yeah. Canadians. They don't need that kind of drama. But um, there's been um, a lot of people out there, and this is going to piss off Boston fans, but there's been a lot of people that are suggesting that the Canadians should uh, take, a, uh, take a shot at uh, Tory Krug.
2: I, You know what? I, uh, I suggested that too. Tory Krug's a UFA. He's 29 years old, 49 point guy left handed, and if I were Montreal, that is the defenseman I would go after. I would, uh, he definitely I would be, be on your, him. Uh,
3: top pairing defenseman with Weber. That's for sure. Oh, he,
2: I mean, the only other guy I see really available for Montreal that could make a difference is TJ Brody out of Calgary. Um, and he, he's 30. So at least you're, you're saving a year with Tory Krug. And of course, Krug got, I mean, he would be your top line. He would be your guy set up with Weber. Yeah. Uh, then you'd have Petrie and uh, Sherratt and then Romanov and whoever down in
3: the third uh, line. Juleson, Cale Fleury. I'm,
2: uh, I'm hoping Juleson because I think Juleson, if he wasn't injured, would have been an nhl this year, personally.
3: I'd um, say so. I'd say so. I,
2: I, I don't think Juleson played that bad when he played in the NHL. I think injuries just took their toll. I mean, he's only 23 years old. So, I mean, the Habs could have a benefit of two of, of really filling in holes from within as well. If Kotkinemi can come back and play, and Kotkinemi and Ryan Paling can make the t- team next year and play at a level that we would assume they would play, both third-line guys, I would say, uh, for next year anyway, then you're you're kind of already helping out your cause because now you're moving guys like Domi and Druin up into the top six. You don't have to spread them out into that uh, third line. Absolutely. So... So, I mean, and and then the, then we also have, if you really think about it, now we have kind of too many Cs. So, I mean, we got well, Nick Suzuki. I,
3: like before it was something that we couldn't, that we just, we didn't have any. And right. now we've seen uh, a guy that a lot of people see as a winger in Suzuki, and he came in this year, and when they put him at center, he really blossomed, especially when he yeah. played with Kovalchuk, who could come back next year as well.
2: He could. I'm not. I, I'm personally not on that train. I'm not on the let's bring check back train. Uh, I would rather see a guy commit to a 38 year old player, uh, unless he's really cheap. If he's really cheap, then I don't have an issue with it.
3: I can see it being but, a. Uh, we've talked about this before, and like I can see it being a really performance based contract. And just yeah. perform, you know, like uh, when again, was it again? They played for Boston. They played. They made a certain amount of money, and then they just performance bonus the shit out of it, and he tore it up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I'd be happy with that too. But now we have a re, had a resurgence of Paul Byron at the end of the season. He uh, Jonathan Drew the, the season. Ho- Jonathan Drew, and hopefully he'll do the same thing once he's completely over his injuries and look like what he did at the first before he got injured. This so if you have those two guys playing like that. Where's where's Kovalchuk gonna fit? And then if you do bring in Kovacuk, now, now you're keeping Kotanyami and Paling back in the AHL for another year. Not that there's a, yeah. anything wrong with that, but Kokanyami was dominating in the AHL.
3: I can see I can see Kottiemi coming back and starting with Montreal. I can see Paling though uh, being a uh, top six guy in Laval to at least start start the year. I, I, and I, I agree. I, I totally agree I put with that. somebody I just, I'd put somebody like uh, Jake Evans above him. And there's uh, another player that really enjoyed his time in Montreal that was a veteran guy that was a great guy in the locker room, uh, Nate Thompson. He's a guy that could come back for another year. Yeah,
2: I don't mind Nate Thompson because you do need a fourth line center because you're not, you don't want, I mean, unless you want paling on the fourth line. Which I think will be more of a hurt hindrance than than good for him. Or you put, uh, or you stick with uh, Jake Evans on the fourth line. Yeah, you're you're either going with a rookie or or, or the veteran Tom Tom. So I don't think they're going to bring Thompson back. Although I wouldn't be upset if they did. Uh, yeah,
3: it would it wouldn't bother me if they if they were to yeah. do that. It's it is what it is. Uh, the one thing that we're not going to see, uh, I don't I don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, Canadians prospects jump into the mix into the team next year. I think uh, the team that you saw this year is going to be much of the same unless there's a trade or um, we bring in a UFA. Um, I agree. We, 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 we might see somebody, uh, well, for instance, Berzim has talked very, very high about Romanov. He's played in the KHL. Can he make the team out of camp? Absolutely. Um, is it going to be a top pairing type thing? Probably not. No, you're, no. You're, you're not going to get a lot of offense from this guy. You're, you're seeing him, he's more than likely going to start the year if he signs and if he comes over. You're likely going to see him as a 5 6 guy, probably playing with uh, someone like Kulak or Fleury or Juleson if he's healthy. And you play him with either one of those two guys you're going to see some smash-and-bang type hockey. That's for damn sure.
2: Oh, especially him and Fleury.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But 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 now, if you look at that...
2: Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if you look at him coming over, you have to not be thinking he's going to be a top-four defenseman right out out of the gate. I I totally agree with you. He's going to be a bottom-pair defenseman. I believe he'll make the team... Out of uh, a training camp, unless he has a terrible training camp. Uh, I think it it it's it really his spot is to lose, I think, coming into Montreal. That's true. However, I think you bring Pershing him in. Him there,
3: if you bring him in, that leaves you Romanov, Mete, and Sherrod on the left side. Or Kulak. Or Kulak.
2: And and if you want to be honest, Kulak was playing better than Mete. When Mete for, the yeah. mo-
3: for the most part, he was. However, I can see Mete um, getting a spot over Kulak. Kulak's, the, in my opinion, and more than likely, he'll be the seventh guy. We all know my
2: opinion on Mete, Matt. So I agree, but he's a, I... but he's a, but
3: he's a young guy, and you know he he did jump into a position that he probably shouldn't have been in. Um, I, I you totally too early. And well, I right think now, Mete and
2: Kulak are going to split between the sixth and seventh spot. I don't think you're going to see righty lefty. all I think the two bottom pairing, unless Flurry makes the team is going to be two lefties personally. It could be, it could be because I don't think Fleury at this point in the stage is better than Kulak or Mete. So, and you don't want Fleury and or Mete and or Kulak sitting in the press box games on end, on end, on in. That's true. Uh, so if Romanov makes the team, then you either got a trade Oak, Kulak or Mete. Yeah. Or Fleury spends another year in the AHL. Yeah.
3: That, that's
2: the way that's the way I look at it. And well, I'm okay with all those scenarios.
3: Well, as long as people don't look at Romanov as um kind of like what happened with paling, right? Haling played his first game. We all remember it. It was a great game. It was a huge moment for him—hat trick in his debut. And people said, "This guy is going to come in next year. He's going to be the third line guy or the fourth line guy. He's going to tear it up. He's going to be, you know, this uh, this this prospect, this first round pick that the Canadians drafted. We're going to be all happy and proud of him and everything like that." This year, 27 games, he put up two points.
2: He was also buried on the fourth line with terrible players,
3: right? That's true, right?
2: And, and, and I'm not true, defending but the guy. game
3: that he played the game that he played again that um, he got that hat trick. He was he was on the third fourth line in those games, too. He was but he was also playing against
2: a depleted Toronto defense who wasn't playing their top players and and a Toronto team that didn't give a shit if they won the game or not. That's true. I'm just saying. I'm I'm, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. That's that's true. But I I, really. I expected a little bit more out of him. I did too. I, I expected him to start with the team with the Montreal Canadiens, and I expected him to be at least a third line winger for the most of the season, maybe thirty points. You know what? He did have his good games. He just didn't put up the points. No, and he was. And to be honest with you, he he was he was hit and miss in Laval
1: as he was. well. Uh,
2: but I think a lot has to do with when he went first sent down to Laval I think he was very disappointed in it and I think that showed in his game so I'd say so I'd say so yeah um, so having said that like I mean in Laval last year before you go crazy he only had 13 points in 36 games five yeah. goals yeah. so you know really that's not Really, the numbers you want to see from uh, from a guy who you're hoping is going to be at least your third line center. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I think Bouchard worked with him uh, when he got a second call up to Montreal. I think he looked much better. He did. Uh, he just didn't have the puck. And when you don't have the puck, you're not going to uh, you're not going to get the points. Uh, so, so speaking of
3: Laval, yep. Um, what, Ooh, what another you, good segue by Matt. <laughs> so, so speaking of Lavelle, um, we saw that um, some players were let go, maybe for players yes. that uh, they shouldn't have been traded for. Um, continuing with that, what what do you see the the team looking like for next year? Um, do you see somebody like a, a Hillis, Fonstad, McShane, etc.? Do you see one of them? Possibly being signed and uh, joining the team next year.
2: Well, as of right now, they have five contracts left to play or left to sign. Without the RF, right now that's without your RFAs and UFAs going in the next yep. year. Yeah, you you count up all your RFA and UFA, USAs, UFAs, and all that stuff. They have eighteen contracts available to sign next year. Uh, of those eighteen. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I'm counting out loud here. 10, <laughs> 11, 12, 13. 13 of them are RFAs. Yep. So that leaves you with, uh, I think we have four UFAs. One. Good old Cap Friendly. Two, three, four UFAs.
3: Yeah, shout out right? to Cap Friendly. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so you have uh, four UFAs. You have how many URFAs I count? One, two, three, four. Terrible memory. Uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12, 13. So you have 13 UFAs, four, thirteen 13 RFAs, 4 UFAs. That gives you 17 plus the 5 we have available right now. So really I'm wrong. My math is wrong. It's actually 22, right? So going into next year, you have 22 contracts you can sign. As of right now on the reserve list, who can come in next year, you have Fonstad, Jordan Harris, uh... Cameron Hillis, Samuel Hood, and I believe Jacob – or Arson Kisumatudenev. I I didn't say that right.
3: The KHL guy.
2: Yeah, the KHL guy uh, and Alan McShane. I believe those are all your guys. Well, Jacob Olson and Romanov, of course, and Brett Stapley. So these are all your – Arvid Henriksen. There's a lot of these guys you're not going to see anyway. but nope. uh, So, out of the 22, if you look at the RFAs that are available, now I'm going to get deep into this discussion here. There's guys you know in UFE, there's guys you know aren't coming back. Keith Kincaid's not coming back, but he's going to be replaced with a goalie, so his doesn't really matter. That's right. Uh, I believe Noah Juleson will come back. Now, here's where it gets a little, little tricky. You have the Mario Brothers and Lucchini and Blandisi. Okay, You have Vadimo, Sturtz, Luchuk, uh, Evans, and Waite, along with Juleson and McNevin. They're all your Laval RFAs. And, of course, you have Mete, Ouellette, Houdon, and Domi. Personally, I think Houdon and Ouellette are not coming back. I don't, I don't see them guys being signed.
3: It's it's hard, it's hard to say for me. As I said, if they wanna if they wanna keep a leader like a veteran guy down in uh down in uh Laval, then they'll bring back um, they'll bring back uh Willette. Yeah. I'm just I'm it, on the fence. I'm on the fence about who knows. I really don't know. Um I can't see I can see Blindisi coming back as well, another veteran guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, d- uh, Laurent Dauphin was just signed. So he was just back. signed, et exactly. cetera through to 2122 so
3: Evans will be back um I can see guys like uh, like Wake it'll be gone uh um, the demo will be back he'll be back yeah I don't see um, Lucic Sturts coming back No he was a he was a guy that uh the, the you know two guys that barely played uh Sturts came over from uh, the Riley trade I believe from Ottawa we didn't yeah. see we didn't really see him but I don't think we're going to see him and so, uh, I mean... when it comes to goaltending, there, you know, it's going to be Primo's net, in my opinion. Um, are so we do you bring see... McNevin
2: back, or does Lindgren go down? And
3: uh... I'd say, I, play I'd him. send honestly, I'd send Lindgren down. I don't, as I said, I don't think he's ready. Um, the only thing that, that Montreal is going to run into is they don't like Carey Price, phenomenal goalie. I don't like his contract. And a well, lot of people I mean, don't like his contract, right? But $10.5 million, um, nothing against Carrie Price, right? Nothing against Carrie Price. I'm not, so people that listen to this don't think I fucking hate Carrie Price or anything. I you not hate Carrie right? Price. <laughs> I'm just not a big fan of the contract because you got to look at it this way. If they go out and they do what I say and go and get a serviceable backup, all right? A serviceable backup is going to cost you over $2 bucks at least, okay? So, right there, for two for your goalies, you're spending 12.5. That's at the low end. If they actually come in and they bring in somebody like um, a Robin Leonard or a Halak, uh, you know, go- guys that can actually uh, play that amount of games, you're looking to probably sign these guys for three, three and a half, maybe more. So, say we, say we go with, say, three and a half, you're spending fourteen million dollars just on goalies.
2: Well, if you if you want to get into that, Leonard is making five million this year. Exactly. Grice is making three point three. Halak's making two point seven. So Halak and Koboden, two point seven and two point five. They're making backup goalie money. Yep. But if they want to get a Leonard or a Crawford or a even a Markstrom or Anderson you're probably looking at
3: around four to five million. Okay, yeah, you're looking you're looking at a, you're yeah you're you're looking at something, or you're going to look at a team that might um, like St. Louis, for instance. They've got Bennington, who's the future of that of that uh, of that team when it comes to goaltending. Well, they've got Jake Allen. He's signed for another couple years. I think he's making a little over four mil. Maybe they throw a draft pick and a prospect their way, and they bring in him. You never know. It, it's
2: possible you know, that they do a trade like that to take cap space. Because Montreal, I mean, their current cap space is, well, it's not a lot. But with okay. all the
3: cap that's supposed to come next year. Now, here's the getting, thing. We're too. getting into cap space. We're getting into cap space. I'm going to bring up this. The Montreal Canadiens, and I did, this our, I did this on the last show that we did with Dustin uh, Bufflin. Um, the Montreal Canadiens will trade for Hendrik Lundqvist. And the Rangers are going to eat most of his contract. Ooh, you heard is it. A bold prediction. Here? Yeah, you heard it here first. He's making <laughs> about eight and a half million dollars a year, so I doubt it. But if they eat most of his cap, then we'll see. He would Ooh. be a service. He would be a serviceable guy. He would be. And I mean, with them he having,
2: he's a, uh, a future uh, Hall of Fame goaltender.
3: Oh, he's a phenomenal goalie. He's you know he's yeah. uh, he's uh, a little bit older than. Uh, you know, is it, you know, it, it, it is starting to it's show what, on him. He's about 37, 38 now? 38 years old. Making $8.5 yeah. million. Dollars, 38 years old. Uh, he's got one year left on his deal. And mm-hmm. this year he was... He had a 3.16 and a 9.05 save percentage. So not the most amazing uh, stats. But with them having uh, Shosturkin and um, Gregorio, that's yeah. the future tandem in in in, in New York. And until, both of those until the players, car accident. Yeah, exactly.
2: Until the car but, accident, Lundqvist was in the press box.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So these two guys, um, you know, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. Is it's probably never going to happen. But um, Shosturkin and Gregorio, they're both 24 years old. Um, Gregorio is an RFA, and Shesturkin, uh has a, a year left on his deal at nine twenty-five. So what they've got they've got a really Gregoria. Well, you never know. He's in our but he's an RFA, and he would probably uh, he'd probably cost them a little bit. Matt Day for Gregoria.
2: You heard it here first, Done. One, <laughs> one for one deal. RFA for RFA. <laughs> Um, I was going to get it back. What I was going to say about the cap salary cap is with the season shortened, that cap space might not go up as much as people think it's going to go up. Absolutely. Because the revenue is not there anymore. That's and the true. salary cap That's moves true. based on revenue. So where they were expecting this, what, 7 million jump or something like that. It was quite a substantial jump. Yeah. I don't yeah. know the exact number, it was, gonna, but it was, it was quite substantial. I think instead of going to 81, they thought it might go to 85. So, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's going to jump like that anymore. I don't think you're going to see that which won't really hinder Montreal depending on what they sign Domi and their their free agents for, but because Montreal going into next year their cap space is going to be duh, duh, duh.
0: Ooh,
2: where are we here Current, cap space next year is going to be 20 million. That's with the upper limit being like do I got that right? Yeah, so that's with the upper limit being 84. Okay. that's with your rfa that's before you sign your rfas and ufa so yeah i mean uh, Domi's probably going to fetch anywhere between five and six
3: and a half more than likely but it's, it's kind I, of a, i'm hoping closer to the five but that's what well it's kind gonna, of a blessing in disguise this year that and, and nothing against Domi, big big max Domi fan but he wasn't the player that he was last year
2: I he had flashes of it. I think it had a lot to do of where he didn't know where he was playing. That's true. He didn't know because, because he, 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 didn't went know from from he was a winger a, or
3: center. And then well, he, got he was buried a first line up. guy, he was a second line guy, he was a third line guy, he was a left wing, he was the center, and then he was back on the wing and he had uh, musical wingers and musical yeah. musical line mates. Um, he didn't really have uh, you know, you see you see the top line in Montreal. With uh, Tatar, Gallagher, and Janelle, and that line fucking works. And there's a reason it works because they it's kept the them second together.
2: best five-on-five five line in the NHL. Yeah,
3: they kept them together, yeah. and uh, we saw them at it was at it was at uh, training camp that uh, these guys started playing together, and it was like a no-brainer. The next year, they brought them back, and once again, they played very well together.
2: And, it, it's after that that you're you're loose because. When Domi was hot at center, Drew in wasn't very hot on the wing. Absolutely. And then when Drew was hot, actually, Drew and Domi worked pretty well together until Drew got hurt.
3: Yeah, they so, didn't do too bad. And then you had a guy did. like um, um, that, that was on his wing every now and then with uh, Armia. And Armia was yeah. lighting it up until he got injured. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, I know people hate to hear the injuries thing, but I think Montreal, personally, I think Montreal would have been around a ninety some odd point team if
3: everyone stayed healthy. Personally, yep. that's what I think.
2: Yeah, more than whether I, they make the whether they make the playoffs or not. I don't know. I think they would have, but that's just my opinion. Domi
3: Domi was on base for still probably fifty points, fifty-ish yes. points. Yeah, and uh, that still wouldn't have been a terrible number. Like he put up uh, his first full year in the league, he put up fifty-two points, and he probably would have hit that. Um, I, I other think that- he. You know he wouldn't hit seventy
2: two. No, well, and I don't think he was going to hit seventy two again anyway. I could see him as a sixty sixty five guy going which forward, you, which which I'm fine with, and I'm fine with that as well. Drew Ann's the same. I see Drew Ann as a sixty sixty five guy. I see a uh, 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 Gallagher as a sixty guy, sixty point guy. Uh, I see Denoe as a sixty point guy. If you look at the team this year, people were saying, "Oh." Uh the, one of the arguments about Montreal being a bad team is like well last year he had people playing above what they played the year before like you know what i mean yeah, well i agree this year it was the same thing thomas tatar did better than he did last year which was better than his career before that uh philip deno was on pace to have a better yeah. year this year than he did last year yeah, armia joel armia was on pace to have a better year this year than he did last year uh nick suzuki well of course he had a better year but yeah. Shea Weber had a better year this year than he had last year. Jeff Petrie on pace to have a better this year than he did last year. Ben Sherratt had a career year. Uh Curry Price did not, not. Victor Mete was on pace to have a career year. Um, he, finally, he finally scored a goal. He scored two. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean C- Cotton Yemi really was the only guy that regressed. If you really it, 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 about it regressed Cotney in Emmy a pretty and, big uh, way. Cottonemy and um uh, and um uh, Domi and Drouin, until he got hurt was on pace to have a career year. He was still yeah, on pace to, he was still on pace technically to have a career year even when he came back from his injury, but just not as big of a career year as he was on pace for before his injury. Yeah. So to sit there and say, Oh, we needed all our players to have better years well, they were having better years, and then injuries stalled them. So Joel Emilia, injured. Jonathan Drouin, on pace for career injured. Thomas Sattar, on pace. Well, Thomas Sattar did get his career but again, he got injured. Uh, Brendan Gallagher got injured. Brendan Gallagher was on pace to score career-high in goals. But, uh, so, that's why I say injuries hurt the Canadians. Without depth and your top players get injured, you're not going to win. No. team like Pittsburgh has depth. So, when their are top, when, when Crosby gets injured, Malkin steps up. When Gensel gets injured, Someone else steps up, but but yeah, what about man tangent? games lost? That's a stupid stat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid stat, and anyone who brings man games lost into a, a scenario, that's stupid. All right, so I have. Uh, all right, here's I have Xavier Olette on my NHL team, and he missed 82 games. Is that really affecting my team?
3: Absolutely not. It's affecting Laval, but it's not affecting the Canadians really.
2: But but you understand what but yeah. that's still eighty two man games lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, go to hell with your man games lost. It's it's who you lost in those man games. Now if I come up and said I lost Sidney Crosby for eighty two games, right? And I had no one to replace him like Melkin, like you know, replace the Sidney Crosby is Jake Evans, right? Then, then you're then, having an issue. Yep. Then, you're then you to can have actually it. have. Then you can have a debate about it. Correct. So, but uh, I th- think that's us there, Matt. What do you think? Did we did we cover everything?
3: I think we. Uh, I think we did quite a bit. I think we did a lot of really good things for cat friendly and. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you know your your math. Cat friendly starts
2: sending us some money or something because absolutely,
3: uh, we're all, absolutely all over the Cap friendly. And we're really, we're really happy that you color, you make them like color coded too. It makes it makes them so much easier to read for Trey. Uh, you know who's an entry level, an entry level
2: contract, no move contracts. <laughs> oh, wonderful, it's wonderful. But uh, uh, so that'll be that. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break, a couple of them, and then I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to give Blaine a good call in his quarantine there and see how he's doing, see if he's going crazy yet. Uh, he's probably finished Pornhub by now. I don't know, but uh... yeah, I
3: think when you finish Pornhub, you just put your initials in or something. And
2: <laughs> it's like when you finish like the the old arcade games, and you put your initials in at the end to see your right. top score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll go to a commercial there, Matt. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, pleasure's always uh, for sure. And who knows? Maybe we'll do a special Toxic Tuesday where you and I can get together and just talk shit about people
3: sounds good to me
2: yeah all right all right so right matt so we'll go to commercial there i'll leave you i'll give blaine a call and uh we'll be back after these commercials
0: are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford there is a no frills no nonsense company that wants to provide that to you no name hockey No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro, but could never find the right one, or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no names and players currently making a name. Hello, Habs Unfiltered listeners. Uh, this is Blaine Padve talking to you from quarantine in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't be on the show with the guys this week because. As I mentioned, I'm in quarantine, uh, and I'm about to be deployed with the HMCS Ville de Quebec uh, once this quarantine is up to, uh, for Canada's response to the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing yet, I can't say, but uh, I know that whatever it is that we do with the Canadian Armed Forces to help Canadians, to me, is worth it. Uh, the sacrifices made by our families in this time uh, hopefully will not go unnoticed, Uh, I just want to take this time to wish everyone impacted by COVID well. Um, Please stay at home. We need to flatten the curve. We need to beat this. Because if we can take these sacrifices now, we will be able to move on from here. Things will get better if we just listen to the experts. So let's Let's band together. Let's do this. Let's show the world why Canada is the greatest nation in the world and the friendliest. Once this is done, we will be able to welcome everyone back into our lives. We will have hockey. We will have the Canadians back. And then we'll have something to complain about that's actually, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, meaningless. Because right now we're dealing with something that's very serious. Uh, on a lighter note, I would like to declare my hometown Sudbury Wolves the Canadian Hockey League champs and Memorial Cup champions. Um, prove me wrong. Have a playoff. Oh wait, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> in all honesty, uh, I really wish I could have been on the show with the guys. Uh, from what Matt and Craig were telling me, it was really good. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. I hope that... My deployment is short, and I get to come back to everyone real soon. Because uh, as much as I love serving my country, as much as I love being a sailor with the with the Canadian Navy, uh, I, I much prefer watching hockey, talking about hockey, and interacting with you guys. Because let's be honest, you guys are the best. You're Habs fans. You're our listeners. You you deem it. You, you make you make the show what it is. So. I thank you very much. And uh, to Matt, I I can't believe you hate Carey Price the way you do. It's just unbelievable. He's Carey Price. The man has done literally almost everything. He even helps young children have breakfast when they can't afford it. How can you hate that? Unreal. To Treg, um, you know how much I respect you, which is none. So, you know, that's why you're toxic. and finally to everybody else thank you very much for listening to our show we we really truly appreciate everything you guys have been doing with us Um, I am rambling I've been stuck in a room by myself for several days and it's getting to me I'm looking at a Lego robot and I'm wondering if he's staring at me while I sleep so stay home be well take care of each other. You can still talk to each other. Make sure your neighbor's okay. Make sure your friend online is okay. Um, and, And band together. Let's show the world what we're made of. And that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we.